Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. This is one of my favorite Sundays. I love Thanksgiving weekend Sunday. I love when I get to preach on Thanksgiving weekend. It ain't nothing better to do, especially today and here, because I don't think you realize what we're about to do today. There was something that was happening this morning, and it happened during the announcements. Little Ozzy over there was giving us announcements. He's from Australia. That's why I said Ozzy. And a picture came up. Can you put that, that, that one picture that y'all had up there? Look at that. Y'all see what it says? Christmas at Faith. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know where you came from. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what kind of Thanksgiving weekend you had. But today, I am the biggest, blackest Hallmark Christmas card you ever seen in your life. We're about to start the holiday right. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, Merry Christmas. Oh, y'all ain't got it. And you will before this sermon's over. I love the holiday. This is Christmas time. It's Christmas time. I told them to leave it up there too. Christmas at faith. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, you better come on, Scrooge. If it's your wife, don't say that. Oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling. Now look, here's what I found out. There's two type of people. You either grew up in the city or you grew up in the country. Ain't nothing wrong with either or. Some of them have better qualities. Some of, this is not. But I happen to grow up in the city. And growing up to where I grew up, there was one Christmas song. When it was played, you knew what time of year it was. And guess what I'm about to do? I got my little guy with me. He's a soprano saxophone. And I've decided we need to start the holiday out right. So if you're from the city, you're going to know what's about to be dropped up in this church right here. So everybody, just go ahead, kind of clap your hands, put them together, all right? Look at somebody and say, it's about to go down. Here we go.
Okay, that's it. Everybody, get up on your feet right now. Look at your neighbor and say, Merry Christmas. Come on, go ahead and tell them right now. Look at somebody else and say, Hey, Merry Christmas to you. Come on, tell them right now. Now, everybody, come on. Just put your hands together. I got to finish this right. It's all right. Here we go. sit down if you can. I heard that. Somebody say, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> You're feeling it, aren't you? Made you just smile a little bit, didn't it? For about 10 seconds, you forgot what happened, didn't you? But guess what? It could even get better. I don't know. How many of you today is the first time you ever seen me? Wave at me. First time you've ever seen Reggie. Where y'all been? <laughs> I've been coming here 15 years and you just now decided to show up. It's good. I'm glad you're here. This is going to be a good day. How many of you can feel it coming? And coming? Hey, oh, by the way, it ain't got nothing to do with the guy speaking to you. It has everything to do with the God who built the place. There's destiny in the room this morning. Somebody say amen. There's somebody in this service right now. You are here for a reason. It ain't got nothing to do with me. But God has put his finger on your life for today. And we can't do nothing to mess it up. So do me a favor. Everybody say this. Say, Jesus. Jesus. Let everyone you want to touch be touched in this service. In Jesus' name. If you believe it, say amen. 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 Wow, that was, I'm having fun. I'm already sweating. You know? Hey, look. If you ever invite a black preacher and he don't sweat, he ain't black. All right? So... <laughs> My wife told me to behave, and I'm just blowing that right out the door. Everybody ready? Before I get to my sermon today, and it is a Christmas sermon, I'm ringing in that holiday time of year. You know what I found out? When I was a kid growing up, just so you know, I grew up in the foster care system my entire life. My mom slept with a man for $20. I'm the result of a $20 bill. I have a brother named Keith and two sisters and Aunt Jeanette. I don't even know. Because my mom kept my brother and my sisters and she gave me away. Now, some of you are looking at me like, that's you? How can you be so happy playing Christmas music? That's why. Because if there wasn't a Christmas, I would not be happy. But because there was. Because there was a child wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. Because there was no room in the end, I don't think y'all get what I'm saying. Because he came off a throne to be born the way he was. You see, Fred Hammond is a guy who I love at Christmas. He has a song, and it's really simple what he says. And I want to quote it to you because he's speaking as if he is Joseph. 
the father of baby Jesus, and he said this. I'm sure Joseph must have been surprised at the road to where it had taken him. Because never in a million years would he have dreamt of Bethlehem. And standing at the manger, he saw with his own eyes the message from the angel come to life. And Joseph said, why me? Everybody say, why me? Why? Come on, say it again. Why? One more time, say, why me? Why? Hey, can I do something I didn't do in the early service, but I need to do it for you because a man told me I need to do it? Those two words are very important. One more time, say, why me? Some of you are doing what I did when I was a kid growing up. I said, why me? Why me? Why can't I have a home? Why can't? I didn't have a last name until I was 12 years old. Why can't I have a last name? Everybody say, why me? Some of you are saying that about yourself. Why me? Why me? Why do I have to be loved? Like, why do I have to not have? Why do I have to have this happen? And Joseph was saying that. He said, why me? I'm just a simple man of trade. Why him? Pointing at Jesus with all the rulers in the world. Why here inside a stable full of hay? Why her? She's just an ordinary girl. But listen to what he said. Joseph said, now I'm not one to second guess what angels have to say, but this is such a strange way to save the world. To think of how he could have came if he came the way he should have. There had been no Bethlehem no lowly shepherds at his birth. But Joseph knew the reason love had to reach so far. I don't think y'all listening to me. I'm going to say it again. Joseph knew the reason love had to reach so far. The saddest dude in the Bible is the innkeeper. That brother lost so much money when he said there's no room in the inn. If he had made room for Jesus, to this day, his family's family, family, family would be rich. But because he had already, I made enough money tonight. I don't care. What the, 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 I ain't got no room. He shut the door on Jesus. And I'm glad he did. Because Jesus had to be born in a manger so he could reach a brother like me. I'm just a $20 bill. I'm just a shoulda, coulda, hadda. But because of Jesus, it's real. Everybody touch your neighbor and say, it's the Christmas story. Let me keep on. Let me read it to you. The Bible says, I love this. I get to do it first. Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. I don't think y'all get what a... Do you know who he did this for? Do you know why he came? He came for you. He came for me. And I'm going to read it again. For a, to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulder. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Somebody say amen. amen. Luke chapter 2, verse number 8. If you're with me, say yeah. yeah. If you're awake, say yeah. Okay, before I read this, if you are a sinner in this room right now, in any campus watching online, if you're a sinner, you need to change channels. If you love being nasty, you need to get your stuff and get as far away from my voice as you possibly can. Because the longer you hear me speak today, the more in jeopardy your nasty life is at leaving you. So if you got to go, you got to go. You need to go now. 
Now, you know what's funny? Ain't nobody moving. You know why? Because your friends and your family would go, "Mm mm-hmm. You know they nasty. That's why he had to get up out here. Everybody touch your neighbor, say it's about to go down. Are y'all okay? If you're okay, say I'm all right. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Read it. Here it is. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all. I love this. The people, not some of the people, all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared, and the angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest in heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. Wow. I remember Christmas. I believed in Santa Claus. There's a Christian song that says, uh, I don't believe in fairy tales. I guess I've outgrown them. But there's some things I do believe in. I believe in miracles. I believe that God can make a way out of no way. I believe that he could turn darkness in the day. I believe he could be the joy in a time of sorrow. I could believe he could be your hope for your tomorrow. I believe that he is the king. Who is the king of glory? The Lord God, strong and mighty. If you think he ain't strong, trust me, he is. That's why I came today. Are y'all ready? The rest of my sermon has to do with this Nike uh, shoebox. It belonged to a kid by the name of Timmy. The best way for me to do this is to explain to you, uh, Timmy. You see, Timmy showed up at the house of foster care parents, Mary and David. When he got there, all he had was a backpack and this red shoebox. That weekend, they decided to make it happen because they knew he was coming. He showed up on a Friday. So they went to the zoo on Saturday, had a whole day out. But everywhere Timmy went, he never took his eye off this shoebox. It was there all the time. And when they went to Chuck E. Cheese, where a kid could be a kid and where adults can act like a kid too. <laughs> Speaking of acting like a kid, I got to tell y'all, I wasn't going to do it, but I have to. Last night I'm flying here and I got on the plane and they had TVs in the back headrests. And when we got on the plane, I noticed one man, and he was dressed in green from head to toe. Notre Dame all over him. You didn't have to wonder what he was going to do when he got on the plane. He gets on the plane, and I decided I'm just going to watch the game too. So I turned on the game on my TV. He was like four rows ahead of me on the other side of the plane, and USC, Southern Cal scored a touchdown, and you can hear him going, no, that loud on an airplane full of people at 35,000 feet in the air. Immediately, you would think that you got nervous. Not me. 
I started to laugh because I knew what was coming. This dude is highly invested in Notre Dame. And every time something happened, he was like, yes, go Irish. Oh, no. So much that I'm just laughing. I was having so much fun in his anguish because they lost. To the point to where there was two flight attendants near me and they were like, do we say something? Do we ask him to come quiet down? And I touched one of them. I said, no, no, no. This is the most entertainment I've had on a plane without someone having to go to jail in a long time. Usually it's fights. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, this is great. And so finally, when it's over, everybody's leaving, getting off the plane here in Orlando. The coolest thing happened. People are walking by him going, it's okay, bro. I was cheering for you too, man. And I'm like, I asked one guy, I said, did you know that guy? He goes, no, I just felt bad for him. Which means there's still hope in our country. There's still hope. We just gotta find out how to funnel that thing in the right direction. It was great, I was like, I, did, I don't know. It had nothing to do with my sermon, but I enjoyed telling it. Uh, at Chuck E. Cheese, Timmy's eating pizza. His foster care dad leans over to foster care mom. So David leans to Mary and says, hey, what's in the shoebox? And she said, I ain't asking. And he's like, I will. So he goes, yo, Timmy, what's in the shoebox? And Timmy looked him dead in the eye and said, things. <laughs> cool. And he never asked again. Monday came, of course, when that was Saturday. On Sunday, Mary and David go to church. And it's old school church. Sunday school first, church service second. And they went to church. After it was over, they asked Timmy, did you like church? He goes, yeah, I like the Sunday school. Those kids are my age. Some of them are going to school where I go tomorrow. He went to school. He had a great time. But guess what? Always around him, always around him. One week, two weeks, three weeks in, everything's good. He had a math test. He did the best he could. His teacher, her name was Mrs. Iverson, and she was loved this kid. She goes, Timmy did his best, and she gave him an A, and she even gave him a gold star, and she said, not everybody gets a gold star, but you do because I love your effort. Timmy loved it, but you know what Timmy really loved? Friday. Everybody loves Friday. He didn't like it because there was no school Saturday. He liked it because the mail came on Friday. The mail came every day, but on Friday, he knew his mom was going to write him a letter. I know what you're thinking. What's up with his family? Why ain't he with his mom and dad? Whoa. Something happened I probably should tell you. You see, Timmy, mom and dad, the three of them were close. Until one day when his mom got sick. And they found that she had cancer and they had to do radiation and she had to go chemotherapy and the money disappeared and the dad worked two jobs, then three jobs. He wasn't home and, and Timmy knew the stress and, and all of that and then something happened and the dad thought, I got to do something. I can't meet the bills. I got to do something. And for somehow, some reason, he ended up with a gun and he ended up going to a store and he thought the gun was empty but there was a bullet in the chamber and trying to rob a place, the bullet went off and he killed a man. He didn't mean to but he went to prison and now Timmy's mom can't take care of him so they had to place him in the system 
So that's why he's with Mary and David. But on Friday, mom would write him a letter. He would get home as fast as he could and he'd run to the mailbox. He'd reach in and he'd grab the letter. He'd run inside and he'd say to Mary, 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 can you do it? Can you do it? And she goes, smell in. And he went, oh my goodness, cookies. Every Friday she made him cookies. He would climb on her lap and she would read the letter one time, two times, three times, over and over. He read many times and he wanted to hear it because Mary loved it when Timmy sat on her lap because she knew that she could cuddle him just a little bit and give him love. When David would get home from work, he'd run and give him the letter, say, read it to me, read it to me. And he would read it to him. He loved doing it too. The time came when Timmy could go see his dad in jail. So they drove to the penitentiary and they got admitted in and they sit there and David had never been before. And he's like, Timmy, what happens? He goes, well, they'll bring him through the door and he'll sit and talk to us for about 10 minutes and then he'll have to go back, but it'll be cool. I want him to meet you. He always worried that somebody, he's a, he thinks it's all his fault. Instead of his dad walking in the door, one of the prison guards came in and he said, hey, he won't come. He gave you this letter. And the prison guard looked at David and said, you need to read it before you read it to the boy. I'm sorry. They got in the car and they drove home. When they got home, Timmy said, I'll, t I'll take the letter. And ran to Mary and said, read it to me. So she goes, we'll both read it. And they sit down and the letter simply said, I, I don't ever want to see you again. Don't ever come see me again. If it wasn't for you... Your mom never would have got cancer and I wouldn't be in jail. This is all your fault. I wish you'd never been born. If you wasn't in our life, we would be better. So don't ever see me again. Timmy grabbed a letter, ran to his room and started to cry. They gave him a few minutes, but Mary and David opened the door. And when they did, he was closing the lid to his shoebox. And he looked up and said, I'm better. I'm okay. Then it became Sunday. The Sunday after Thanksgiving. <laughs> Today. They went to church, and when they went to church, in the Sunday school class with Timmy's friends, the teacher stood up and said, it's almost time. It's almost time for the Christmas play. So everybody, do you want to switch parts, or does everybody want to do the same thing? And everybody wanted to do the same thing. And Sunday school teacher, her name was Sister Rice. Who in their white and right mind would be a Sunday school teacher for seven, eight, nine-year-olds? Sister Rice would. And she ruled that Sunday school class with a four-foot ruler. No, literally, four-foot ruler. She put everybody in a circle. Nobody was on the back row. She says, back row kids don't listen. Everybody's on the front row. If you kind of act up, all she did was, without you even knowing it, like Zorro. <laughs> that four-foot ruler would come out, slap you right upside the forehead. And the whole church knew you caused problems in Sunday school because you had a 4FT on your forehead. 
She said, kids, okay, everybody got the same place. She goes, wait a minute, Timmy, you're new, Timmy. So, Timmy, the Christmas play, do you know the Christmas story? She goes, I'll share it with you. She shared him the Christmas story. And he says, what do you want to do? Well, Timmy knew that his other three friends were the wise men, wise men. So he just blurted it out because he didn't know much. He goes, I want to be a wise man. And the three kids go, shut up, Timmy. There's only three. All three of them got hit. Number four on their forehead. One of them yelled, not again. <laughs> she said, listen to me. If Timmy wants to be a wise man, Timmy will be a wise man. This year, instead of three, we're going to have four. I'm sorry, four. Forget it. It was a black church, four. <laughs> that just came out. I'm sorry. Some of y'all are offended. It's okay. <laughs> They practice next week. They practice next week. Then it was uh, December 18th. Then that when it's going to happen, right? Look at me. I'm good at this. The Saturday before on December 17th in the dress rehearsal, Sister Rice pulled Timmy aside and said, Timmy, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to find something to lay at the feet of baby Jesus. She says, we already have gold, we already have frankincense, we already have myrrh. Oh, just a sidebar, everybody look at me for a second. Uh, you do understand that gold is gold, okay? It's always been the most precious commodity on the face of the planet Earth. Frankincense is the most beautiful smell you could ever smell in your entire life. So Jesus, when these guys came, these wise men, they gave him what he was for the planet Earth. He was gold. He was the most precious thing ever. He was the most most incredible fragrance that the world would ever know. Are you ready? Did you know myrrh is the key ingredient in embalming fluid? So Jesus grew up knowing that he was gold. He knew that he was the sweetest fragrance and he knew he was going to die. And he was good with it. That's just so deep, isn't it? Some of you won't get it until tomorrow. But when you do, he did it for you. He did it for you. He did it for me. She said, Timmy, tomorrow, I don't know what it is, but you find it between now and tomorrow. And I want you to lay it at the feet of Jesus. Whatever, you got to lay it at the feet of Jesus. Can y'all imagine it's Sunday morning? Everybody had their spot. Everybody knew their role. And everybody knew right before the back doors of the church opened and the three wise men came in that one specific song would play. And as the back doors opened, the wise men took their spot. And they started to walk in, one by one. Everybody in the church turned and they watched wise man number one carrying the gold. Wise man number two carrying the frankincense. And wise man number three carrying the myrrh. And then came number four with a Nike shoebox. The pastor of the church went, what? 
there's four. And he looked over and Sister Rice pulled out her ruler and said, don't make me get mad. But I'm telling you, man, little Timmy, you'd think he was carrying the gold because he walked up in front of little baby Jesus lying in the manger and he laid that shoebox at the feet of Jesus. And after it was all said and done, they got a standing ovation in the church. And then the best part happened, punching cookies in the gym. Because the cookies were good because Mary made them. They went to the gym and started to talk. David looked at his wife and guess who else was there? A Mrs. Iverson was there. Timmy's court appointed person was there. And they were like, I've never seen him without that shoebox. I can't believe he laid that shoebox. And then he left it. And they talked about it and they go, I don't know. When it was all said and done, time to go home. The only way to get to the car was through the auditorium. And in front of the auditorium was the manger scene. And when they walked by, no one said nothing, but everybody saw it. The gold was there. The frankincense was there. The mirror was there. But the shoebox was gone. Okay, everybody, touch your neighbor and say, here we go. Let's take a trip. What do you say? Here's what happened. At that exact moment, exact moment, when they were leaving the church and the shoebox was gone, up in heaven through the pearly gates came the most fastest, awesomest, fleet-footed angel you ever seen, flying through the pearly gates. And Gabriel yelled, hey, 55 miles an hour up in heaven. He flew by them and another angel said, did he have a Nike shoebox? The angel went to the throne and he bowed it really low and he says, Jesus, is this what you were looking for? And Jesus said, yes, he took it and Jesus started to cry and God the Father said, son, this is why you went, this is why you sacrificed. And one of the angels said, Jesus, what's in the box? And Jesus looked at him and went, things. But as he opened the lid, Jesus pulled out letters, every letter from his mom, the letter from his dad saying, don't come and see me again. He, Jesus pulled out a little stack of cookies that Friday he would have. Jesus pulled out uh, a little toy that he got on his birthday after living with Mary and David. Jesus pulled out every hurt, every pain, every sorrow that he had ever carried in that shoebox. And all of a sudden, our sermon today, it's home. Why are you still carrying it? Why don't you know tis the season to let it go? To lay it at the feet of John. No, y'all, I come across, I come across really, you know, like, you know, just country, you know, like, oh, he's just a city boy, grew up with no home. But all I've done today is give you what saved my life. He came as a baby and died as a man so we can lay it at his feet. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.